0: Peace peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I was up at Wittenberg at the end of this week for our winter board meeting, and I was thinking about one of my fraternity brothers that lives here in town, and I need to get a hold of him because it's been a while since we checked in. And it was kind of ironic then as I was there at Wittenberg thinking about my friend Kurt who lives here and I came across an old story about him in a sermon that I preached on this weekend 20 years ago. I'd completely forgotten this story over those years and so now I have to call him and tell him I'm actually preaching about him for the second time. Now to begin with, you have to understand that Kurt is a very bright guy. He's an accountant. He's one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet but somehow that also makes him very susceptible to being picked on. So we're at breakfast one morning very early with a whole big group of guys and we're all really really tired and it was one of those moments that you're just kind of slap happy because the incident actually wasn't that funny but at the moment you could have sworn it was the funniest thing that any of us had ever seen. Poor unsuspecting Kurt ran off to get something more to eat and so we're all still at the table and Kurt's got this nice, beautiful glass of orange juice sitting there, and someone decides a really good idea would be to take the uh, top off the salt shaker and dump the entire thing of salt into his orange juice and mix it up. And so then we're all just waiting for Kurt to come back, half asleep like the rest of us, and of course he takes that first drink and his eyes about come out of his head, and we're all rolling on the floor then. A silly, dumb, juvenile prank from his quote-unquote friends. But in that state, you think about the effect of salt. We knew what Kurt's reaction would be to that prank to some extent, right? He was going to notice that there was an entire salt shaker of salt in his drink. We all know what salt tastes like. We all know how much additional flavor it can add to our food when we sprinkle even just a little bit on. We know there's power in those tiny crystals We know that if you pour a whole jar of salt into orange juice, it's going to produce way too much flavor. The people in Jesus' time knew the effect of salt as well. And although we've incorporated the phrase salt of the earth to be a description of what people are like, what their status is, when Jesus is using the phrase here for the first time, he's not describing a status as so much a function. As one author's interpretation says, you are the red hot pepper for the whole world, or you must add zest to the life of the world. To be the salt of the earth means to be the flavor enhancer for the world. It means that we enrich and bring out the flavor of the human experience. So we all know what salt is, but what exactly is Jesus talking about here in this phrase and what's he pointing these disciples toward? Well, I think there are at least four details in the phrase that are helpful in understanding Jesus' point. First, Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He's not talking about some personal enrichment here. He's talking about being salt for the rest of the world or reaching out, not a drawing in. And secondly, when he says you here, he means you are the salt of the earth. It's not a singular you. You in the original language here is the plural you. You all together as the people of God are to be the salt of the earth. This community is to be salt for the earth. This gathering of God's people is Are to be a a way for people to see a, a broader way of living in community that gives greater depth and meaning and hope and joy in this world. And the third thing I think is helpful is to look at the verb here. Jesus says you are the salt of the world. Not you must strive to be or become. Being salt is a gift that we are given by the grace of God. We already have it together in community And finally, this reminder that God's blessing comes with a warning, though, that it is something we can lose. For if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? So we know that as the body of Christ, we are called to be the flavor of the world. But this flavor is something we can lose. And Where does this lead us? Well, I think one of the temptations is to become the salt and the orange juice. If our saltiness is something we can lose, we're called by God to be the flavor of the world, then we get better get out there and be as much flavor as we can be. But salt is powerful stuff. Like that shaker of salt and the orange juice, it can sometimes be too much. People don't want to eat salt by itself. Well, some crazy kids do sometimes, but I've always appreciated the concept of invitational evangelism. By not becoming overbearing in our sharing of our faith, we allow people to see how it flavors and enhances our lives and how it can do the same for them. Saltiness enhances. Not, it's not the main course. Yet the warning acts as a healthy counterbalance as well. Salt can lose its flavor. We can lose our flavor, our faith, and the zest it adds to our lives can disappear if we're not intentional about keeping it. So how do we make sure that we don't lose this flavor? Well, here I go back to the together piece. The final week of our sermon series emphasizes that we're called together as God's people to worship and to serve, and importantly, we're called to worship and serve together in the name of Jesus. Without worship, without the gathered community, our lives of faith either get too salty or devoid of flavor, but together we make this beautiful feast where we taste the heavenly banquet when we gather around the crucified and risen Christ. This is a special week at Prince of Peace. We're recognizing the service of all of our disciples that come together to do the work of the church, but we're also recognizing and honoring one particular servant of the church. He was here last night. We surprised him because we knew he wouldn't show up if we told him ahead of time what we were up to. He's someone who exemplifies the principle of the saltiness of our faith. Someone who's exemplified that for over 40 years here at Prince of Peace. He's maintained what it looks like to balanced the flavor of salt by regularly participating in worship and serving together with his brothers and sisters in Christ here at Prince of Peace. He's a model for us all of how we can participate in this community of faith and not lose our saltiness. His commitment to his faith and his church is inspiring. It draws others in and inspires them to imitate his faithfulness as they serve together with him. So we're going to miss Rob Cook greatly here at Prince of Peace as he goes to move with family out west. We wanted to do something special to honor his work among us, and so before I get to that, let me start with a bit of history. Rob started here at Prince of Peace when the building was fairly new, and he got involved right away with its upkeep. In fact, the building that's the the portion of the building that's between what's now our youth room, our original sanctuary, and the PLC, that chunk of building was the second building phase here at Prince of Peace, and it was built by the members of our congregation, and Rob was one of those guys that built that original part of the building. And he's now the, the guy that knows more about all of our heating and air conditioning systems in this building than anyone else. He's been training other guys along the way as he's been preparing to move. When we were having issues here in the new sanctuary with our air conditioning unit, and it just never seemed to get right, Rob never gave up hope. He kept monitoring, kept checking, kept working with the technicians. Sometimes it felt like he knew more about it than the train guys that were up on the roof trying to figure out what was going on. On Wednesday evenings, Rob was the one that would come around and take the recycling out every week faithfully, serving here at Prince of Peace. Every Monday morning, as Jerry leads the crew of guys, Rob's the first in line, ready for his assignment, helping to figure out what needs to come next with our maintenance and care of the building. The majority of the computer cable in our building, Rob pulled through it sometimes, sometimes literally up in the ceiling as a 60-plus-year-old man crawling through the ceiling, pulling cable. This is just a smattering of the things that Rob has done for Prince of Peace. We're a better congregation because of his presence, and 40 years later, he's still as salty as when he arrived. And we don't want to lose his flavor here as he now moves to be with family. And so in a few minutes after we sing our hymn, we're going to do a little litany that celebrates all of our service and, and share with you a plaque that we will now have in our building on an ongoing basis that established last night the Rob Cook Outstanding Servant Award. And that's going to be an annual award that we'll give to a servant here at Prince of Peace that exemplifies the kind of spirit of service that Rob has showed for these 40 years. And so every year at our annual meeting, we'll now announce who that new recipient is of that award. That we can keep some of his saltiness with us here as we serve together the kingdom of God. As we answer that call today and think about how it is that we share our gifts and service here at Prince, I pray that if you have the opportunity in the, the coming weeks, he'll be back and forth a bit as he's moving out. If you happen to see Rob, make sure you honor his, his commitment by, by giving a word of thanks to him. But I hope you also honor his service by contributing your own service. After worship today, grab some food, spend a little time greeting folks, but then join us in one of those three breakout areas I talked about earlier. Be the salt of the earth that this world needs to share the message of hope, love, and peace for all that Jesus places in our hearts. Amen.